Well, folks, it is a Wednesday, which we know that during the summertime, when things are a little slow, we do a little What If Wednesday here on the podcast. And today I got a great one for you, one that was very, very much requested from last week when I asked the question on social media. What if Houston Nut, Gus Malzahn, and the Springdale Five made it all work out at Arkansas? Let's talk about it here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday midway of the week, but I guess most of us probably had the day off on July 4th, so it's a shorter week, which is nice. And uh, it's amazing that we're already here at this point. And we know that uh, later this month, SEC Media Days is going to be coming around. So we're still having some fun with some random good content. At least I think it's pretty good and pretty interesting uh, here on the and just throughout the few weeks, whether it's recruiting, whether it's some some updates and some news. But in this case, a What If Wednesday. Now, for those of you that watched last week's uh, What If Wednesday, it was very successful and had a lot of people chiming in on it, which was awesome. So I appreciate all the feedback on that, and I appreciate the continued feedback on what you would like to hear about What If Wednesday, you know, and, and just to, for those of you who may have missed out on last week's podcast, What If Wednesday is essentially where we look at certain situations or events in Razorback sports history and say, what if it went differently? What if it went right or went wrong, whatever it may be? And then we dive into it and really discuss a little bit further. And so that's what I wanted to do today, which I may take up the whole podcast talking about it, to be honest, because uh, there's a lot of uh, different information that we could dive into and, you know, kind of see how it all went down. And this one is one that probably would take a lot of time. And it's what if Houston Nutt, Gus Malzahn, and the Springdale Five were able to make it work here at Arkansas. And so to kind of set the stage for some of you who don't maybe don't remember that time in Razorback football history, or maybe need a refresher course on it. Uh, it was a crazy time. Message boards were really starting to become a thing uh, via the internet. It was before really social media took off, at least in the way that it's in now. And anytime that people wanted to discuss things like this, they'd either listen to sports talk radio or they'd go to the message boards. That was pretty much it. And when it came to hearing what the fans wanted to hear about and everything, and so I remember that pretty well and, and that whole thing that went down where setting the stage for Houston Nutt essentially was on the verge of losing his job. To this day, he is still the only Razorback football coach to ever survive back-to-back -back losing seasons. Um, I think that kind of tells you the, the circumstance of which Razorback fans were pretty displeased with uh, what was going on as he went five and six and then four and seven in back-to-back -back years. And because of this, Frank Broles, the athletic director at the time, instead of firing Houston Nutt, basically said, hey, you got an opportunity here where your offense has been anemic, it's been lacking, and you have this next big thing, this next guru of all things football, Gus Malzahn as the head coach in Springdale, a former Razorback himself, who is just firing up the charts when it comes to the type of football that he runs. 
you need to hire him because if you hire him, he's going to bring along the number one player in the country who happens to be a quarterback, who happens to have so many skill sets that you have been lacking at the quarterback position for so long. He's going to bring him. He's going to bring his big time, all American caliber wide receiver. He's also going to bring a really talented tight end. And you're going to start building around this new future, this new wave of college football and the way things are going, because if you don't, you're not going to be around. And so that's kind of what set the stage for all of it. And if you can imagine, just like anywhere else, when it comes to your uh, job or anything, that's just a bad marriage from the get-go, where you're being forced to hire somebody you don't want to hire to come and help you do a better job, even though you have an ego on you thinking that you've done just a fine job as it is. You hire this new coach, he comes in, and then... Now you got like some discussions to have. Now you got some uh, already bad issues going on. But he does bring in the the uh, fifth best, or not the fifth best, the first best quarterback of all time, at least in Arkansas history. I got some going on my hair. Um, at least in Arkansas history. And um, he is coming in, and it just seems like it's all going really well. Plus, you're building off of some talent that you already had in. Guys like Peyton Hillis, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, some young players, some young talent there, uh, a really veteran offensive line. And you have a defense that seems to be getting better with Reggie Herring as a defense coordinator. It just seemed like this was a perfect little match for what that was. And how if it could just work together, it seemed like it could be really successful. Well, to start the season, you played USC, who was just as top of the top of football programs in the country at the time. And you play them at home, opening night of college football, and you you just you're just getting beat because Darren McFadden injured his toe from kicking a curb. He couldn't play that much. Um, you know, Felix Jones and Peyton Hillis, they hadn't touched the ball very much. So because of green, jer no contact jerseys in all of spring and in fall. So, you know, there were some fumbles going on there. Robert Johnson was a quarterback. It didn't work out. Like there's just a lot of issues. But what happened was, is everyone was waiting to see when this big offense would happen, when this big offense would come through and when it would just blow up. And they finally got to see a little bit of it when Arkansas was down big in the game, freshman quarterback Mitch Mustaine comes in. And when he comes in, he immediately runs the hurry-up-no-huddle offense, which at the time was unheard of and crazy, runs the hurry-up-no-huddle offense in college football, leads Arkansas down for a touchdown, and everyone's like, this is the beginning of the new era of college football for Arkansas. And after that, Arkansas rattled off 10 straight wins. And Mitch Mustaine was named the starting quarterback that next week wasn't perfect, but certainly was being really well as, as far as being a, a winning starting quarterback. Now, I know it was all about Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Marcus Monk, and all those guys. But the thing is, is that you had a quarterback who was a true freshman in the SEC playing about as well as you would expect a true freshman in the SEC to be playing. And then he throws an ill-advised interception against South Carolina, gets yanked for Casey Dick, and he never really sees the field again. And then Arkansas ended up losing to LSU at the end of the football season in Little Rock. Trendon Holiday taking it all the way back. When I can't forget that. And, uh, you know, Casey Dick went three of 17 in that game. Everyone was pretty upset because they were number five in the country. You had already won the SEC West. You were number five in the country. And everything seemed like it was going the way it was supposed to. But 
kind of a downer. You lost by five points to LSU and War Memorial. Sucks. But you have a great opportunity to face against the Florida team uh, in the SEC championship game to be able to possibly make a next step. Well, you lose that game, too. We all know Reggie Fish fumble and all that. Um, that happens, and you lose the SEC championship game. And then suddenly things start happening, where you get a bid to play in the, the Capital One Bowl against Wisconsin and Brad Bielema. Kind of, not necessarily a disappointment, but hey, it was your first 10-win season since the 80s. You had suddenly started losing Damian Williams, who transferred out, and Mitch Mustaine, who transferred out, and Gus Malzahn, who left Arkansas to be the co-offensive coordinator of Tulsa. And no one was given an explanation. No one was told why this was happening, what the problem was. But everyone was like, how did we go from having this really good season with this, this bright future and this, this offensive core team to have a lot of great inventions and when it comes to offense, why did this go so awry? Where in the next year, Arkansas has a decent season of eight and four. They beat the number one team in LSU at the end of the year. But folks, that was that was a very disappointing year. You had a Heisman Trophy finalist, runner-up, in fact, on your team. And it just didn't seem right. It didn't seem like it was going to work out. And it seemed like it had bigger issues than we even know what to think about. But I wanted to set the stage for you there to understand where everything was at. I know that probably took a little longer than I thought. But I wanted to set the stage. That way we can dive into legitimately what would have happened if it all worked out. But first, I got to tell you about Rock Auto and how the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models makes it impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So save time and money when you use rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 to 100% more for the same parts of the chain store from a car dealership when Rock Auto is a family-owned business, doing serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we set the stage for what was going on back in the 2006, heading into the 2007 season with the whole Gus Malzahn, uh, Houston Nut ordeal. And now I want to dive into actually what if Arkansas and Houston Nut and everybody was able to make this work. Here, here's my theory behind it. And I know probably some of you are going to disagree, but that's what makes this fun is in the comment section or whatever. You can have your opinion on it. We can discuss it and everything. But here's how I viewed it. If Houston Nutt would have not had the massive ego that he did and understanding that his offense was not, it, it wasn't doing it. It, it, was, it had issues. His play calling had major issues. There's a reason why Arkansas had great offensive pieces, but were unable to score points and, you know, when it was third down and 11 running a smoke draw, like there was just there was problems. If you would have just understood that there was that problem, identified it and then brought in Malzahn saying, hey, you know, we, we need help on offense. You have this innovative way of doing it. You got this quarterback that you have brought up into this system that is electric at it. We got some great pieces over here. Here, 
help us out. Here's the offense. Here's the keys to it. Let's see what we can do. I'll let you have full reign on it, calling it the way you want to call it, doing it the way you want to do it. And I'll be over here just being head coach, managing all the coaches and everything. And then also was able to get all the assistant coaches, which some of them had a problem with Malzahn because of nut, to buy into and say, hey, listen to this guy. Let's get it done. Let's do it the way we're going to do it. Based on that and because of that, I think Malzahn would have been in a great position to be able to say, all right, well, in that case, let's put this together. Let's make this work. And by doing that, I'm going to make my quarterback happy because he's used to the system and much Mustang. I'm going to have the wide receiver, Damon Williams, being involved. I got Marcus Monk over here. I got these running backs, which, you know, everyone at the time thought that the hurry up no huddle offense was all passing and it wasn't. Uh, but you would still have effective running backs being able, like Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, still running the Wildcat formations like they did. All of that would have, would have worked out. And not only would it have worked out, but I believe that you're going to lose to USC at the first game. It didn't matter what was going on. But I believe that Arkansas would have won every single game the rest of the regular season. They would have finished the regular season. They would not have lost to that LSU team at the end of the year because, again, Casey Dick was having issues 3 of 17 in that game. Um, there, you could tell that there were some things going on behind the scenes. There was the wavering. And we didn't even mention the whole uh, email gate from Teresa Pruitt where it was a close family friend of the nuts sending an email to Mitch Mustaine saying horrible, horrible things to him. And then the nut family and coaches laughing about it, like stuff like that would not have happened. And so any sort of behind the scenes drama or crap that was going on, it wouldn't have happened that way. And so the morale would have been a lot higher. The culture would have been a lot better. And I think Arkansas would have, reeled off 11 straight wins. It would have been 11 and one. And if they would have beaten LSU at the end of the year, they may have been the number three team in the country. Cause again, they were number five after they played LSU. They may have been number three, maybe even number two, depending on how everything went down that year. Probably not number two. Cause well, I don't know, maybe cause I think Ohio state and Michigan were the two teams that were like undefeated heading into their final game of the regular season. And then Ohio state won and Michigan had one loss. So who knows? Maybe you would have been a top, you would have been at least a top three team. And then if that happens, I don't think you lose to Florida either. I think that, again, morale's high. You have everything going on for you. Uh, it, it seems like you got all the pieces together that you need. You're, you're playing at your highest level. You know what's on the line because, you know, you, we're coming off of an emotional loss against LSU. Now you're going into the game knowing if we win this game, we're going to play for a national championship. That's what's on the line. And I think the team would have would have come out firing because Florida, even though they had Tim Tebow as a true freshman and Chris Leak was their quarterback, and you know they had some other good pieces too. Florida was not just this far and away better team, more talented team than Arkansas. Arkansas had, to me, one of the most talented teams from top to bottom in the country. I mean, not only did they have like if you just look at NFL players, I mean, you know the running backs, Darren McFadden, Fields, Jones, Peyton Hillis. Uh, you know about Marcus Mugg and, and Damian Williams, two really good wide receivers. You know that they had an offensive line that was veteran, experienced guys, a defensive line like guys like Jamal Anderson, who played in the NFL, Samoa Jabutu, who was an all-SEC linebacker. You had Chris Houston, who was a high draft pick at the cornerback position there as well. Randy Kelly, who was a high-level uh, safety. I mean, you had so much talent there that it was unbelievable. So you would have beaten Florida, and I believe you would have played for the national championship. Now, 
would that have mean you would have beaten Ohio State? I think so, because Florida smoked Ohio State that year in the national championship game. But you would have had that would have been one of your best setups to have a national championship. Just I mean, it was at the, at the t- tip of your fingers. You were right there. And I believe if everything would have worked out, gone along, been the way it was supposed to be, you would have at least, at least played for the national championship, which sets up, okay, well, what about the future? Well, the next year you would have been honestly just as good. If you have like, say, if you won the national championship, all of a sudden the recruiting gets popped up. You, Mitch Mustaine's coming back. Why Damon Williams coming back? You got McFadden, Jones and Hillis. They're all coming back. Marcus Monk's coming back. Uh, you, you know, you have DJ Williams coming in as a freshman tight end. Yeah, you lose Jamal Anderson. Yeah, you lose Chris Houston, but your defense would have been, you know, still pretty solid. Would you have gone repeated back-to-back champs? Ah, I don't know, but LSU, the team that won the national championship that year, guess what? You beat them in their place. So who's to say that it wouldn't have happened that way? You could have at least competed for it. Would have been more difficult, but still could have been possible. And then after that, it kind of gets a little blurry as far as what would have happened. But generally speaking, the future of it all, the future of it all is really what I think kind of looking at what the program would be right now or what the program could have turned into if it all just would have worked out, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Listen, they got coconut brownie chunk puff. Those are the four words you just need to know because it's all one flavor. And I've you've heard me tell you about it because Built Bar, here's the thing. Built Bar is so great when it comes to convenience, when it comes to tasting great, when it comes to healthiness, when it comes to protein, all of those things, they have it in one. And you can go to the grocery store and you can find all these different types of protein bars that probably taste like bark from a tree. Or you can have something like Built Bar that does taste amazing. And if you compare the ingredients and if you compare the nutrients and the nutritional facts, Built Bar has them beat. I mean, it's incredible how they're able to do it. And I wouldn't be telling you about it if I didn't believe in it. I have one every single day. There's a reason why. Not because they pay me to tell you, but it's because I truly believe in it. They're incredible, incredible protein bars. And you need to try them out. And you can check out all the different flavors they have to choose from. And everything, if you go to built.com right now, enter in promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built Bar. Take advantage, folks. This is a great deal at built.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the final segment of the uh, Locked On Razorbacks Rex podcast, we kind of wanted to talk about what the general feeling and future and everything would have looked like for Razorback football if Malzahn and Nutt and the Springdale Five would have just made it work, if it would have just made it work. We've already talked about the fact that they would have at least played for a national championship in 2006, maybe even won it. I think it's completely possible. And in 2007, they would have been just as good of a team, if not better of a team, depending on what they did defensively. And honestly, had a pretty good schedule to where they could have been in the mix once again. That 07 season was crazy, for those of you who remember. I mean, Missouri and West Virginia were one and two teams going into the conference championship uh, slate, and then they ended up losing and ended up being LSU and Ohio State. But still. Crazy things would have happened, so who knows? Maybe they could have at least competed, maybe repeated, whatever. But if you look at how it would have had the biggest impact on Arkansas football now, how I would see it, and again, this is all just theory. This is just theory. This is just opinion. 
But how I would have seen it is that Houston Nutt, if he was able to let go of his ego and allow all this to happen, when Frank Broyles officially retired, and that would have been in 2007 and 2008, around that time, I think there would have, or maybe he would have waited a little bit longer, but either way, it would have been one of those things where Houston Nutt may have been given the reins of being the athletic director. Now, I personally, again, if we're talking about Houston Nutt not being Houston Nutt, he could have done a good job, but his ego always got in the way of it. But I still believe that that would have been something that they would have just said, hey, when Frank Burles retires, these are yours. The keys are yours to the athletic department uh, for fundraising, all those things. This is yours. Now, I don't know if Nutt would have taken it right away, if he would have been like a both type thing. I don't know. But whenever Houston Nutt decided to step away from Razorback football, Miles Hahn would have stepped right in as the head coach because he always talked about it being his dream job, which who knows if that's actually true. But he would have stepped in. He would have been the head coach. And it would have been fascinating to see what Arkansas football would have done because they wouldn't have Petrino. They wouldn't have had Bilama. And who knows? Maybe he'd still be the coach today having high level success. I think it'd be tough because no matter what, it's hard to be a coach for that long of term. But Arkansas would not have had the down years of the Brett Bielema. I don't know if they would have had the up years like Petrino, though, because, you know, that Petrino stuff like all had to come in at once. And I just, I just don't know. I still think Bobby Petrino is a better coach than Gus Malzahn. Just saying, I think so. But overall, your program would have been so healthy and it would have been um, a program that was kind of the the forward thinking, hurry up, no huddle offense that everybody was trying to mimic and trying to catch up on uh, quarterbacks, running backs. Everybody would have wanted to come to your school because you were the first to do it, first to excel at it. And I think that it would have been well received by everybody in the state and by everybody who is a Razorback fan and even by SEC fans as well. And so the overall health would have been great. And you wouldn't have had to go through the coaching changes. And honestly, that would have been kind of the perfect transition for Razorback football going from Houston Nutt into Gus Malzahn. But as we know, it didn't happen. And I'll say this. People know I'm not a huge I don't like Houston Nutt. I think that he did a lot more harm than good to the program overall when it came to his behavior. But I was thankful when Petrino came in because I, I think Petrino really showed the – level the high level the elite level of football that can be played at Arkansas if you have the right coach in place I obviously have my feelings about Bielma and for sure Morris those guys were clowns but those were clowns were hired in bad circumstances those were hired by an athletic director that you know it it just it just didn't go the conventional way or lack of an athletic director I should say with Morris uh, just didn't go in the conventional way that it should have and now you have Sam Pittman and you have Hunter Yearcheck. And now it seems like everything is really good and doing really well and things are good to go. So thankful for where it's at now. I wouldn't change anything. I still think Sam Pittman's the best man for the job. But it just makes you wonder, makes you think like the type of pinnacle that you could have hit, the type of success that you could have, and possibly the national championship trophy that you could have in your building right now. Like, no, there's not many SEC, like I, not many SEC teams could say that. Like you'd have one over, like so many teams that would have doubted you. So many teams that thought it would have been weird. Imagine Arkansas having a championship, going from what was it like, Oklahoma, USC, Texas, Arkansas, LSU, 
Florida, Bama, Auburn, Bama, Bama. I don't even know what it doesn't matter, but still, like just listen to that names and you hear Arkansas. I was like, this doesn't belong. But if you're a Razorback fan, you would have been all about it because it would have belonged. It would have been awesome. It would have been great. But it didn't happen. Things happen for a reason. But that's what makes podcasts like this so fun. Is we can talk about the what if scenarios and the what if situations there. And hopefully I made sense out of it as much as I could within the uh, 25 minute range. That's pretty much what we can do. But either way, interesting stuff, great stuff. I thought it was fun. I enjoy talking about all this stuff. And thank you all for your input on it. And uh, maybe we'll do it again next week. We'll have to wait and see. But appreciate everybody listening into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.